0: Moncrief on News Talk. And now we are going to speak to uh, Daniel Harding. In the lead up to Pride Month, we're beginning to see an annual wave of support for the LGBTQ. Plus people around us. But much of this support may not be the loving expression that we think it is. Stereotypes such as the gay best friend can be heard all year round, but are these terms doing far more harm than they are doing good? Daniel Harding is the author of Gay Man Talking and he joins us on the line to explain his relationship with these terms and the effects that they can have on gay individuals. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. I'm doing great. Tell me about your relationship with the phrase gay best friend.
1: I think um, with anything, I um, I grew up in school and had a brilliant um, group of girlfriends. Um, at the time, I was quite um, probably seen as quite a camp, um, not sure about my identity, um, boy, and um, a great group of girls um, sort of found me and were my comfort blanket. And as I did um, sort of realise that I was gay, um, they in a loving way called me their gay best friend, their GBF. And at the time I kind of ignored the fact that it made me feel so uncomfortable and um, I just felt that they were just accepting me. Um, But looking back over 10 years on, I realized that I was really, really uncomfortable with that term because it singled me out. I wasn't sure if I was comfortable being gay um, and it highlighted something that I actually just wanted to silence. So I realised that actually this term for a lot of people can be quite toxic and quite um, suffocating and scary to actually have when you're not actually sure um, of your identity and if you actually even want this as your title. But also, I think putting gay in front of something else just highlights the fact that you're different um, and it's not needed. It's not required. So I realised that actually for me and a lot of other people it actually can have quite toxic feelings um, and it's not a label that I wore lightly. It weighed very heavy on me.
0: Do you think it's the, the the problem is the, as you say, like you're highlighting somebody's sexuality when there's no need to do that. Like you're just my best friend. Mm. You happen to be gay. But the gay best friend stereotype as promoted in American TV shows and comedy shows That's why it's being referred to. But in any other situation, you wouldn't say like, my gay colleague or my gay babysitter or my gay, you know, sound engineer.
1: Well, this is the thing. And you're you're so right. Um, I think the stereotype of the gay best friend is seen in um, lots of rom-coms, lots of series as this very calm, flamboyant um, person who's a side part they are there for those funny one-liners holding the bag um they don't have a mainstream role and i think this is really like um again it's toxic it's negative and it makes you feel like that side part and i i actually think during um, high school especially when um i adopted that sort of term the gay best friend which was said in a very loving way by the way my friends didn't realize at the time that it was very uncomfortable for me because i didn't speak up about it but that is exactly how you feel. You feel very sidelined. You feel. Um, a lot of people actually um, didn't even know my name. They just knew, oh, there's that gay boy, the okay. gay best friend, and stuff outside of the group. And because um, you realize actually that at the time people don't, especially um, heterosexual people who were friends with the girls, um, they'd often say, oh, yeah, that's your gay friend, isn't it? My name was. Irrelevant to mm-hmm. them because that was my identity and that was what I'd adopted and it looks like I was comfortable with it But actually years on I realized I wasn't I realized it's a very uncomfortable term Um I, t- I took a long time to sort of accept that I was um, who I was and to be able to shout that I'm gay from the rooftops um, And I wasn't comfortable back then and I think it's a label that we do need to sort of Ask people, are you happy to be called this? And do you think that people um, are
0: still being called it as much? Like, I remember when I was in school, I'm 35, that, you know, being gay was, it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't completely unheard of but it was unusual Mm -hmm. for someone to be openly gay and to you know so the gay best friend trope was a kind of a thing but now there are definitely TV shows where a gay person is the main character and is not just a sidekick yes there are still shows that will have a gay best friend but there's also you know like the fat best friend there are other tropes in the same uh, kind of Mm -hmm. in the same wheelhouse do you think that this is still happening I mean I'm not in school anymore but I find it hard to believe that people are still calling people gay best friends when there you know when gender issues have expanded so broadly and i the gender not gender issues gender identity has expanded so widely that there are much more phrases and terms in this discussion
1: mm. i mean you raise a really um, good point because there's shows like heartstopper for example that are really promoting um great um sort of school um stereotypes that have developed and become those sort of uh, negative uh, tropes and stuff but unfortunately I still think there is um, a lot of um, name calling and um, branding that still goes on and I think it leads back to actually not um, typically starting with the community but people outside the community who brand for comfort and that's again what a lot of heterosexual um, people and not all obviously um, but they do they brand for comfort they need a label um, they need um, an identity and I think in school and um, I, I was chatting to my friends about this actually recently and one of them said oh there is um, a gay best friend and they do all call them the gay best friend so there still is so that um, identity is still there and um, perhaps it's not as negative perhaps people are feeling more comfortable and confident with it because um, a lot more people are obviously coming out and it's a lot um more of a i don't know a comfortable um sort of situation but i think there's still um there's still that name being called and there's still obviously people out there that probably aren't comfortable with being called it because someone asked me the other day do you think people still need to come out do you think we still need pride and the answer is very um logically yes people have to come out people do need pride because as as much and wildly accepted it is, being um, part of the lgbtq plus community is hard because mm-hmm. you are having to come out and um, re-identify yourself as something that perhaps your friends family teachers didn't realize that you were yeah there's this, so this, still this assumption
0: out. of you know uh, there's assumption of uh, heteronormative behavior until that is changed otherwise and exactly. uh, you know you don't describe someone as your straight best friend so yeah you know, <laughs> on those things can we can you talk about um, your relationship with pride as a movement and whether you think that companies getting behind it whether that's mm. a good thing or if it's a sort of a tokenistic manipulation of, of an agenda?
1: I think it's a really interesting thing because um, I went through a real battle with pride, um, and I I wholeheartedly believe that pride is really important and that we do need it. And for people that say, "Why do we need it?" or "We should have a straight pride," they should really do their research and um, educate themselves because there's been a lot of fighting for um, equality and rights and stuff, and pride is just to elevate that and raise more awareness which is still needed today especially in the trans community and other things but i think with pride and brands i think it's a really tricky situation because We do need brands to get on board to realise that inclusivity is important to be there for the community and to raise money, to raise awareness, because Pride isn't just a parade um, or um, slapping a rainbow flag on things. Pride um, encourages endorsements and brands to get behind charities and other things which are really important. So there's definitely a place and there's definitely... um, for brands to sort of speak up and be there and be present. However, that shouldn't just be happening one month a year. That should be happening constantly and consistent, consistently. And unfortunately, there are a lot of brands um, out there that do just change their logo during the month of June and hope for the best. And it's really really not good to rainbow wash and you've got to be present the whole time what else are you doing at other times of the year at the beginning of the year when there's a mental health crisis usually especially in the community what are you doing then I where feel, are you campaigning i
0: i feel the same way i'm autistic and uh, autistic mm-hmm. uh, autism awareness month is april and i feel the yeah. same thing about autistic people being rolled out and then you but then you have to sort of i i kind of question whether okay so one month brands get behind autism the next month they get behind pride that like if pride is not part of their brand then getting behind it for one month while it might be tokenistic it's better than nothing but maybe I'm wrong yeah no, I think there's, there's, again,
1: it goes back to obviously what they're doing and uh, if they can raise awareness and stuff, and especially in um, companies that perhaps aren't seen to be as accepting of, of the community, and if they do get behind, it can change things inside the organisation. Because whilst um, it's obviously displaying it for the community and stuff, there's probably people in those organisations that work there and feel very uncomfortable mm-hmm. to speak up, and if they see that their company is representing, is standing up for pride and staff, then you do feel like you can be more confident in your voice. So I think it's so important, regardless of how much they do and if it is tokenism or whatever. Um, I think it's so important for companies to do that for their staff as well.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you so much, Daniel, for joining us. That is Daniel Harding, presenter and author of Gay Man Talking. Thank you so much. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.